Hey there! Thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG! We are an all-transgender, people-of-color-led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition livestreamed actual play campaign set in an original, non-colonial, anti-orientalist world. I am your Game Master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and this is my cast. My name is C, I use they, them pronouns, and I play Okahaye, an Osmar blood hunter slash monster hunting expert. I'm Erica, and I play V Shurzo, your lovable elf sorcerer slash charlatan with draconic ancestry. My name is Lyra, and I use they-she pronouns. I play Manaya Wairua, a half-orc fighter with a sailing background. I'm Max, my pronouns are they-them, and I play Dewey Quirk, an Aarakocra artificer and researcher on the run from his former employers at the Ohanahi Research Laboratory. You can support Transplaner RPG by pledging to our Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res assets, and much, much more. As a heads up, this podcast is stitched together from the video of our Twitch streams. I promise the audio quality improves as we upgrade our gear, and I'm so excited for you to listen to this campaign. You can also support us by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps immensely with getting new listeners to find us. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Death of loved ones, bodies of water, descriptions of slimy things, bloodletting, non-graphic references to drug use and intoxication, non-graphic references to ticks and leeches, and a description of a mosquito bite. Arc 2, Episode 3, and the bones dressed in black. From the Man in Black in the Malevolent Volume by Justin Philip Reed. The Raven's Maw is aptly named. Trees the size of buildings loom around you, blotting out the starless dark with jagged trunks. As Squeak's caravan trundles past the checkpoint, it really does feel like stepping into the maw of some gargantuan, primordial beast. Purple darkness falls over your wagon, muffling everything like a pillow to the face. The squeaky left wheel, the grunting of the hippos, the jostling of crates and chests all fade to the background, overrun by the sound of silence and splashing water. The Paluto Weald is a massive swamp, bog, fen, bayou, whatever you want to call it. Trees here range from toothpick small to dinosaur big, the shadowy quiet punctuated by the buzzing of bugs and the distant cawing of birds. Clusters of vines and mushrooms glow against tangled roots. The spongy road, if you can call it that, soon comes to a stop at the mouth of a wide, low river, in the midst of a sprawling settlement of tents and wooden platforms hastily erected to support this influx of immigrants and refugees. Squeak clicks her tongue and schools her hippos to a stop, and so do many other caravans and wagons from outside the Raven's Maw. Glowing signs proclaim that this area is a refugee camp, a place for those without family or friends in the court to wait out the misery that is the post-apocalypse. Squeak lowers her reins and addresses the four of you. Oka, Manaya, Dewey, V. This is where we part ways. The hippos need to rest for the night and in the morning I'm heading to hug death to meet my buyer. Squeak points to the broad, long river ahead of you. That's the Black Tongue. 
It's a river that winds through the entirety of the Paluto world. If you want to get to places in the court, you need a boat or a hippo or most preferably both. Manaya, if you're looking for answers about where your parents might be, go to Green Open Water. It's a village on the other side of the court where the docks to the Sagirni Sea are. As for where the Raven Queen might be, I tried the weave spun nest. It's a holy site, deep in the weald, but it's heavily guarded and only Raven priests are allowed near it. Oh, and Oka, about your question about the Derby, I actually really don't know. It's the first time I'm hearing of it. All of my knowledge of the court has been based on travels throughout my life. This is all stuff, you know, before the fall, before the cataclysm. So this derby is new. I don't know. Derby? Horses? You know, there aren't any horses here. You can't really get around on horses. Hippos? Sure. Crocodiles? Yeah. Horses? No. Their hooves would get stuck in the mud. Why do you ask? What is this derby? Well, they were not letting people in because of it. Oh, right. I must not have been listening because I have legitimate papers. Uh, she sort of looks at you, V, unlike some of you, and looks at you, Dewey, and then, like, finally glares at Oka and says, Not you, Benaya. You're beautiful and perfect. Uh, thank you, Squeak. I feel discriminated against. Of course you do, V. All right, pale mouth, <laughs> shut it. Can <laughs> <laughs> someone clip that? <laughs> Okay. You brought this energy. <laughs> I brought this energy. I brought this upon us. Uh, squeak, squeak says, Any other questions before I move on? V, I need you to make a charisma saving throw to see if, to see if you take damage from that comment. Does a 23 work? Yeah, okay. It glides off of your shoulders, but you're left with a little, a little bit of guilt. Any other questions? The hippos are pretty tired. When should we meet you? Well, I was hoping that we could uh, pitch a tent together. And if you had any final questions in the morning, maybe I could answer them. As for getting on our way back to the doctors. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, I also am in communication with Dr. Eluso. So whatever you tell them, they'll make sure to relay it to me. Okay. You still have that bowl, right? I didn't drop that. And you have that gem of true seeing? Yep. That should be able to help you at least to find the Raven Queen. But only do it if you feel like she's near. Or for whatever reason you would watch. You know, finding out the true nature of your assassin or whatever. I still have both I still have both uses on it. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, Dewey, it's not a good idea to lie to your friends. Anyway, Diamond's getting a little huffy, so I need to give her her snack before she, she lays in for the night. Uh, and Squeak sort of leads drives the hippos toward like a, a like a little fenced-in pen, like a hippo pen that actually feeds out to the black tongue. So like people's hippos are able to like graze and hunt during the night, uh, sort of let out to roam, and then they come back in. So she starts like driving her hippos there. She starts like uh, undoing the tack and stuff, uh, and starts pitching a tent nearby other other people's <coughs> tents. So what's what do the four of you do before you wind down for the night, or do you just want to get to bed or have scenes with each other to talk? Manaya was looking to talk to V. So let's say while Dewey and Oka are helping Squeak like set up the tent, Manaya, do you sort of take V to the side? Uh, uh, yeah. V, uh, do you have a moment? Sure, what is it, Manaya? I need to ask you something. Um, All right. And Manaya kind of looks away from the group as if to, like, ask for some privacy. 
Sure, let's uh, let's go for a little walk. Squelch, squelch, go to the boots. I'm a little embarrassed to ask you about this. Normally, you'd be the last person I'd ask, but you're probably the most qualified out of any of us to help me with this sort of uh, unique problem. Um, so you know I made a deal with the Princess of Leaves. Yes. I, I've spoken to her a couple of times, twice to be exact, and I've tried every night to communicate with her or to try to cast magic or anything, but there's nothing. And, well, you're the best, best magic user I know, and as it to say trust, but I do trust you. Well, imagine this whole time I thought you were going to ask me how to break into the see the Raven Queen. I, but the, <laughs> you know, magic is a strange thing. You know, being with the weave, it's not about being in here in your mind trying to conjure things out. It's you almost have to relax into it. You have to allow the power to flow into you. Um, you're trying to contact this person, and I want to cast magic because. Well, she was my mother's patron, and my mother's told me that when her power grew, she was able to communicate more and more with her, with the princess, that is. And eventually, the princess was able to manifest herself, really, like, appear outside of her. And I, I think uh, if I try to use magic more and I grow more powerful with it, I might be able to talk to her and... Understood, friend. Understood. I think it is important... To start small, little things, you know, being able to create a light is very small for me. But through doing small things, I now can create fireballs. You know, you've seen, you've seen what that can do. So yes. maybe you should focus more, not on the end goal, not yet, but you should relax and just open your yourself to let the power flow through you with what you can do. And don't try to do the big things yet. When you quiet the mind and the body, is there anything that comes to you that maybe you can do yet? Hmm. Well, it's been so long since I started using magic that I sometimes take for granted. In the beginning, it's like almost accidental. You know, it's you're, you're not... Because you're not used to channeling the power yet, it's... You sort of have to allow moments of great need where you aren't even trying to do the thing, but you will, because you're really invested in something, you feel it flow through you, and suddenly, poof, you make, you make lightning pop, you make rays. I that, though. I, when we were in the, the commune, I asked and I pleaded on my hands and knees to, to get to you all for help to navigate the snowstorm and I had to find my way by that sign in the sky because nothing came to me. When we fought that giant beaked thing, I I tried then, but was too distracted trying to drive the hippos. I Don't beat yourself up too much, friend. I, you know, I don't, I was never one who ne required something outside of myself for the, for magic. Like, I'm not a cleric or anything like that. I've never needed gods to uh, do magic. It just has always flowed through me. So maybe we just need to just begin simple by doing acts of service for for the princess of the leaves. Maybe you just 
without having the magical reward. Maybe you should give in ways to the princess, however, whatever that means to you. It was the princess who taught my mother how to use magic. You can, without trying to get something in return, like maybe you don't start asking for things yet. Maybe you just try to listen deeply for her voice. Um, Anaya is going to take a leaf off of one of the trees nearby uh, and hold it in her hands and say, let's give this a try then. And she's going to sit down, hold the leaf in her hands and close her eyes and just relax. V's um, going to sit down cross-legged in front of Manai as well. Right. Uh, both of I... you sit down and, you know, the mud sort of squelches onto your clothes uh, and V, your, your chrysalis robes get very dirty. You don't have much to offer, but... V, do you have a little fire I could use? I, I've seen offerings being done before. They always burn something. I'm going to conjure just the smallest of scorching rays. Like, I'll, I'll just put my hands between between the leaf, or like on either side of the leaf, and just like send a scorching ray from, from, the, from the diamond in my hand. Have a little flame just dance across. It's going to hit the leaf, and like any remainder fire goes into my other hand and dissipates. What but leaves, like, the leaf on fire? Manaya says, as this is happening, Princess of Leaves, Child of Sen, I offer this to you in hopes that it can deepen our connection, I guess. Uh, as you hold this leaf, this burning leaf in your hands, Manaya, you look into the flames, and you are drawn uh, sort of into the orange burnt glow you know, this warm fire that's sitting in the palm of your hand. The fire of Galtangur, the fire of life. You know, the fire that V has cast onto this leaf. And as you do, uh, it seems like all of the sound, you know, seems to fade away a little bit uh, from around you as you're drawn into a memory. Uh, you see now this fire turns into the flames on the horizon of a burning sun, specifically a setting sun painting the water red, painting the water blood red, crimson. You know, the light glittering on the white-capped peaks of distant waves, you know, distant ships bobbing, almost like children's toys on the horizon. Uh, and the long docks stretching out uh, like the fingers of Mahu trying to kiss the ocean. Uh, and at the end of one such dock, you see a very familiar merchant's ship broad, wooden, and strong. What is the name of the merchant ship that your parents used to own? The Ocean's Thread. The prow is fashioned in an image of Mahu. Sounds good. A, a woman uh, riding the prow with waves for hair, looking out graciously, proudly, and excitedly at the open ocean where, it, where she belongs. Uh, so the, the Ocean's Thread is docked there, and there's like a ladder a gangplank allowing sailors to move crates on and old crates off. Uh, and your parents stand before you, Manaya. Seven years ago, how old are you? Ten. Ten years old, young Manaya, standing there dressed, you know, in, in comfortable clothes, not anything fancy, but not rags either, because your parents, while not extremely rich, they're comfortable. Uh, they have enough money to afford a good life, a good education for you, a good childhood upbringing. Uh, you're, one of your mothers uh, is sort of currently barking orders 
uh, to help expedite the process of moving the craze on and off. Her broad, strong voice carrying uh, across the open ocean, uh, this voice loud enough to boom across uh, expanses of water and to carry over thunderstorms and rain, pelting the deck even in the most deadly of tsunamis out, out on the deep sea. Uh, this, of course, is your mother, Kahealani, a proud half-orc woman standing there, uh, dressed in a long black jacket uh, and hold with, with an axe strapped to her back. She's currently uh, scolding a soldier for dropping a precious crate, uh, but not in a mean way, just like, watch, watch what you're doing there, you know. Uh, and your father is also standing nearby. He's actually sitting on top of a crate, uh, and he is plucking at a loot that he had acquired during his most recent shipment. He is entertaining a, a sparrow that's landed, so he's smiling and laughing at the sparrow while your half-orc mother glances over at him and her face kind of softens as she looks at him. But the person who draws your attention is your other mother. Sort of coming up behind you, you feel hands. Cover your eyes, uh, and you hear a familiar, playful voice go, Guess who? Um. You're spun around, the hands lift, and you see the big smi- you know, smile uh, breaking across Nali's face. Extremely dark-skinned woman uh, with this beautiful sort of shock of, of black hair and these, these eyes that are sort of speckled with, with green and orange stardust almost uh, in her irises. She smiles at you and she sort of gets, you know, sort of comes down into a squatting position and looks at you and says... You're going to be good while we're gone, right? Of course, of course. Wrong answer, Manaya. You better get up to some mischief while we're out there. But Mom said... Hey, well, Mom doesn't know. Okay. It's quite a long journey to the court, so we'll have one of the cousins look after you. Don't miss us too much. You're never gone for too long. No, we're not. But this one's going to take a little while. I think probably a couple of weeks. But we'll be back. What do you want from the court? They've got all sorts of fun trinkets. A raven skull? How about some worms? Those fun swamp fish. Oh, you want a fish? They're, they're so wiggly, and I've always wanted a pet. A pet fish? Well, okay, Manaya. How about a big old toad? A big, ugly, mean toad. As long as you can make it look like a fish. Okay, fine. You know what? I'll get you the ugliest fish I can find, and you can love it. How about that? Um... <laughs> Just the absolute with warts on it. Peeling scales. <laughs> promise you'll come back, all right? Of course, Manaya. We never break a promise. We'll be back. I promise. Stay safe out there. You as well. Here, little duckling. Uh, and she sort of, like, ruffles your, your hair a bit, like pats you on the head. Uh... And you hear your other mother, Kahealani, go, All right, that's the last of it. Nali, Napua, you two ready? Napua stops strumming on his uh, lute, sort of sets it down against the crate and says, Yep, yep, ready to go. And the sparrow takes off. Uh, and your other two parents, Napua uh, and Kahealani, come up to you and they sort of pat you on the shoulder. Uh, and Napua goes, Did Nali give you the speech about being good? Of course. And I'll be sure to practice what you've taught me every day. Good. Which is, uh, what was that again? You were teaching me magic, right? Oh, yes, yes, magic. You know, I, I've taught a lot of people, uh, you know, how to protect themselves with magic, and you'll, you'll get there, Manaya. 
And don't feel bad, Manaya, uh, says Nali. Oh. It, it took me, I couldn't do a scrap of magic until I found the princess. I'll be ready for the next lesson by the time you get back. Magic sh magic. Uh, Kahealani says, all you need is a good axe. All you need is some strong muscles. Don't listen to these buffoons. Keep working on your push-ups. Us. I want you to be, I want you to grow at least half an inch by the time we get back. <laughs> Mom, you know I've been hitting my growth spurt. I know, I know, I know. And I can't wait to see how tall you get. You're not going to get taller than me, though. And she sort of, like, looks down at you. Your mother is a strident seven foot six. <laughs> uh, and with that, all three of them sort of pat you, you know, uh, and they turn and they begin to leave. They get onto their boat, the ocean's thread, and they pull the gangplank onto the deck and uh, finally close, like, that gate. Um, and, you know, anchor is lifted, ropes are pulled in, sails allowed to go out, and the ocean's thread begins to leave harbor. Uh, and as you're standing there, you know, there are a couple cousins in the back ready to take you back to their home uh, after, after the ship has pulled away. Standing there at the end of the dock, what is the last thing you think to yourself, not knowing that this is the last time you'll ever see your parents? Um, Manaya has run to the edge of the dock as the boat is pulling out, as the ocean's thread is pulling out, uh, and is sitting at the ed edge, waving her arms. But as the, as the ship pulls out of view, her thoughts... Go to, go to happy places. She readies herself for the couple weeks that she's going to be without her parents. Is going over what her parents have taught her in magic, in her exercises and everything. And is just like, all right, three weeks. I can do this. And now we go back to you, Manaya. Hundreds of weeks later, staring at this leaf on fire as there's only silence in your head and no response from the princess. Manaya's eyes are closed, and a tear falls down her cheek. You feel something in the recesses of your soul stir. No voice, just movement. A smile comes across Manaya's face. I'll get to you. As she opens her eyes, the leaf burned. Thank you, V. I'll be practicing every day. I'm glad I could help, friend. Sometimes magic comes to us in ways we don't expect. Go back to camp, it's getting late. V stands up and helps Manaya up and heads back. The tent is sinking, just a little, into the mud. Uh, Oka and Dewey and Squeak have tried their best to keep it from sinking even farther into the mud, but it appears tonight the five of you are going to have to be okay with getting a little dirty, down and oh. dirty, in the sleep. Oh, this I, Squeaker, I thought you'd been here before. You're supposed to tie them up to the trees. Wait, up to the trees? What? That's actually so a So they don't rude stick idea. into the mud? Don't be rude, she can't get up there. What? <laughs> no, we're, not all of us are seven and a half feet tall. Well, you can fly, so if you haven't helped her yet. I was getting, I was getting to it. Let's <laughs> retie these tents. Uh, as you help uh, Dewey and Oka retie the tents. Oka, you look like you wanted to say something. Oh no, I was just gonna bitch about the tents. Okay. <laughs> just fair. imagine Oka bitching about the tents. Yes, we, we imagine Oka vividly bitching with many colorful words and insults slung about, uh, causing quite a few heads to turn and growl at you and a few mothers to clap their hands over their, the ears of their children. Uh, but finally you're able to keep the tent upright and out of sinking into the mud. 
Uh, Oka and Dewey, was there anything the two of you wanted to do uh, before turning in for the night? Oka, are you still trying to keep watch for the night and sleep during the day, or are you stopping now that the journey's over? Uh, Oka technically still has a level of exhaustion. You do. You need a long rest to lift that. So as the tent has been going up and like taking some pains to like rifle through like the little cotton and stuff that they would like bandages that they would have for their wounds, you know, and just kind of like wiping at that, you know, if, you know, Dewey is around, I think they'll maybe offer and to squeak as well that I don't think I'm going to be much use keeping watch tonight. Although it seems like there are plenty of eyes in camp to take care of that. We'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Is the tent ready yet? It's ready. Okay. There's a bedroll with your name on it, Oka. Literally. Don't sleep in mine. I wouldn't dream of this creek. Okay, Oka, you, you, you just... fall horizontal. <laughs> Acro- across all four. Yeah, like, you just fall down. Across all four bedrolls. <laughs> you fall down and you go to sleep. What about you, Dewey? Dewey's super shaken from all that's gone on today. I think he's going to go hang out somewhere out of view um, by the water and get a little bit of sword training in, hopefully. With your sword son? Yes. Okay. Dewey, you step away by the water, by the mouth of the Black Tongue. Let's say you look around. There aren't too many people here. You see a couple, like, hippos. Like, they're glistening backs sort of poking out of the surface of the water and also, like, the eyes of some gators. Uh, But they don't seem to be attacking each other. They're just sort of, like, there, chilling. Uh, and there's, like, in this little, like, river delta area, you look around, there's maybe another, like, 25, 35 feet until, like, the next tent, so this is as secluded as you can get, uh, really, by the water. Uh, so are you going to pull your, your sentient sword out of its sheath? Yep. Okay. As soon as, like, the first glint of steel comes out of the sheath, you hear the voice in your head, you feel it, the, it vibrating, you know, the pommel vibrating against your feathered hand, and you hear the voice go, Father? Father? Are we going to fight? Blood? Uh, not at this moment. No blood. Um, okay. okay. But I think we should get to train a little bit. Um, train? Yeah. Really? But, Father, you you don't like me, do you? That's not true. I just don't know how to uh, communicate super well. You, yell- um, you yelled at me. I know. I'm... Sorry, but you also can't... You know, please don't, you know, yell into my head as well. That Look, hurts. Do you want me to talk out loud? I can do that. Oh, God. Uh, no, that's okay. We can we can have our little mind link, but... Um, but you want me to keep my mind voice down? Yes, that'd be great. And then maybe we can work together a little bit. Well, okay. I'll keep my voice down if, if you want to tra- train with me. Yeah, let's see what you can do. Whoopee! Uh, and the sword sort of like flies out of your sheath. Are you hanging on to it? Uh, yeah. It sort of drags you like in a circle, <laughs> like you're on a magnet, and you're like your talons sort of scrabble against the mud, and you form sort of like a, a circle. Have you like seen those like dowsing like things that sort of go around in the sand, sort of like that? Do we? You're like on the end of it. <laughs> um, and then after like it's gone around a couple of times, your sword sun sort of quiets down. Goes, oh, oh, I'm tired. It's training over. Um, that's, that's good for tonight. Yeah. Let's, let's try it again in the daytime. Okay. Ooh. Oh, by the way, Father, do I have a name? I noticed all your friends have names. There's the Oka, the Manaya, 
the V? The squeak? I was thinking, like, Ripclaw, the destroyer. No, that's okay. Uh, I will... Or Stab Soul, render of worlds. Um, you keep thinking. You keep thinking about that. Uh, I that. Uh, and you just hear, like, <laughs> uh, Ripper of Worlds! Ripper of Wombs! Killer of Children! You know, as, like, it goes, it goes into the sheath and then it becomes quiet. Uh, and on that, Oka, you've fallen asleep. Manaya and V, I'm assuming the two of you are also starting to turn in for the night. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so does Squeak. You know, and finally, Dewey, you, drain, you rejoin everyone, and all of you sort of settle into this tent, you get into your bedrolls, and you start to shut down for the night. And of course, same as always, the same nightmare that has been plaguing all four of you for the past, what, month at this point? For the past four or five weeks, every night of every week, except for those nights where you stayed up all night and then slept during the day. The four of you have the same dream. A dream of a battlefield, vast, scattered with bodies, blood. The smell of grist and gore in the air. The corpses of your friends, your comrades, your allies in arms. And above it all, silent, unknowing, a stranger. Towering bigger than the world. Dozens and millions of wings. Dozens and millions of eyes stitched to those wings. That's all you can make out. Looking at it brings nothing but static shimmer to your eyes. It is unknown. It is unknowable. It is something that does not belong here. It is here to do something horrible to Andake. And the eight of you are doomed. And then the four of you wake up the exact same moment at 8 a.m. I think it would be funny if Oka bolts upright at the same time that someone else bolts upright and goes, clonk, and you smack her hands. (laughs) Who wants to smack hands with Oka? Fine. (laughs) B, clonk, you smack hands. Ow, what do God, is your head made of a stone? Is your head made of... Steal a gem and put it in there? God, feed. God. I didn't. Uh, my head was already right there. You hit. Your head came to me. Did not. That was my headspace. You. It's too early for this. Please, can you keep it down? Oka's oh, like I think like grasping around to try to find their journal and probably like hit Stewie again. You know, like hey. as they are like grabbing for it and trying sure. to write down everything they remember. Yeah, Dewey, you're clocked with an el- Oka elbow to the beak. <laughs> Are you writing down? Yeah. Eyes, battlefield, blood, um... Wings? Wings, wings! How... Eight of us? Friends? How did you know that? You weren't there for that. We, Dewey V and I, have been having this dream. This dream? Seems like it. Oh. Yeah. oh. I, suppose you're, I suppose your night watches were, weren't letting you get proper sleep. Yeah, I, I wasn't having them then. Uh, Oka abruptly like stands up and walks out of the tent. Okay. Oka. Okay. Okay. Go after her. Go after them. Given everything, 
about who Oka is as a person. Would they know anything about what dreams like that would mean? Yeah, given everything. So why don't, as you're stumbling out, you've just sort of, it's been revealed to you, Oka, that these nightmares have been shared identically with your three companions here, strangers to you, uh, until Adolin, of course. So why don't you make me an arcana roll? Roll the bones! First roll of the session. Natural 20! Holy shit! What the fuck? Damn right, that's why I keep them on 20. That's why. And with my arcana, that is a 22. 22! Uh, Okay, so with a 22, Oka, you're walking out like... Like maybe this is like a, like a like a you know like a Christopher Nolan shot you know as you like we just see the tent like flap open as you storm out it's like a continuous like shot right and then oh like we gosh. see like do we come out and Manaya come out but we're like close and we're tight on your face you know and then we pan a little bit and we see you like like stomping out where are you going where are you just walking like without care for where you're without headed? purpose okay then I'll decide yeah. uh, so your feet sort of bring you into a, a cluster of of marshy sort of cypress trees and you begin to like uh, you begin to enter like a watery area water starts going up your boots and up to your calf. Do you continue this direction? Or I think I'm still barefoot. Okay. Uh, you I feel like sticks. In, like, pajamas. You feel sticks and mud squick between your toes, and you feel like slimy things wiggling against your skin. Yeah. Uh, as yeah, as the water just starts to go up your calf. Do you continue in this watery direction, or do you try to find drier land? Drier. Okay. You turn. You turn abruptly, and you get onto the bank, and you're just you're just going. You're just going. You, you step over some like mossy ferns, some grass, some rocks. Um, everything's slick. Everything's buzzing. You can smell fresh, like 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 soil and mud and dirt and and fertile ground everywhere all around you dragonflies buzzing you hear mosquitoes and 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 try to latch on for an early morning meal but all you can think of is what it means to have a prophetic vision there's something a little off about this one though okay based on your upbringing you know quite a lot about dream visions prophecies divinations here and with your natural 20, you recall words from someone near and dear to you. Uh, during, let's say, a moment of schooling, <laughs> to leave terms vague so your backstory secrets can still be preserved. A moment of schooling, you hear a familiar voice in your head go, dreams don't mean nothing. And then a name refer- that she uses to refer to you that you have not heard in a long, long time at this point. Dreams mean everything. The trick to divination, to dream speaking, to dream knowing, of course, is separating the fallow from the wheat. You have to know what's important. You have to know what to focus on. The symbols that recur, the motifs, look at them. Don't just examine what you see, examine how you feel. And you know based on how you feel, and based on the fact that this has been recurring, and based on the fact that it's been shared across your party, that this is, well... It's a prophecy of sorts, or it is at the very least a part of a prophecy. But this isn't a prophecy of the future. This is a prophecy of the past. This is a vision of something that has already occurred, which means one of two things based on your upbringing. It is a trauma or it is a warning. Either way, your body knows something that your mind does not. It is shaking, it is shivering and sweating. You come to a stop sort of on a mound, overlooking a, a pond and the black tongue. And that's where Dewey and Manaya catch up to you. What happens? Okay, okay. 
You ought to be careful out here. There's, you could have drowned. drowned. Are you okay? Drowned? You almost walked straight into a rather deep part of the swamp. Okay, what's <gasps> going on? What's going on? What's going on? Uh, and they're like pacing, you know, a little bit like back and forth. What's going on is that, <laughs> are you, have you never had, <sighs> these aren't dreams. They're not a dream. It's not a dream. It's not just a dream. What do you mean? What? It's a memory, a prophecy, not about the future, but about the past. That is how the gods died, okay? And we have to relive it every night over and over for some fucked up reason that I don't understand yet. No. Yes. What do we have to do with it? There's no way I'm involved with this. Are you a god? (laughs) I'm certainly not. I don't think the gods care as much about our suffering as we wish they did. You are involved. If you're dreaming, you're involved. At this point, V walks up. She's been coming, but just walking slowly. So she's finally caught up to the group. Maybe treading carefully through the mud. Yeah, yeah. avoiding the, the brambles and the thistles that Oka now has, like, poking all over their body. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Oka, as you're taking all this in, more information is settling into you. Like, after you've stirred up. You're all stirred up now, right? You're like a pond. The pond you just splash into. You're all stirred up, and now... That the, the commotion's gone. Now that the stimulus is gone, all that sediment's beginning to settle down. And as this knowledge is settling down into your head, even with your nat 20, Oka, dream interpretation is not a skill of yours, unless you say it is. It's not. Yeah, it's not. So this is what you can parse together with your nat 20. You know someone else. You know several people, however, who would be able to tell you exactly what this means. Fuck. Fuck! Fuck! Uh... Oka just kind of sits down. <laughs> okay, you sit down. A frog jumps onto your lap. What the hell do you want? Grab it. Dewey, do you have any parchment? He pulls out some crumpled paper from his pockets. Okay. <laughs> in the middle of the swamp, sitting cross-legged with a frog in your lap. And your friend's I standing over you. I the frog away. Yep, the frog I jumps off. the frog into the, the <laughs> You yeet the frog away. It goes, <laughs> as it like cartwheels <laughs> in the air and it splashes into the black tongue. Um, with your friend standing over you, you take out a quill, take this piece of parchment, straddle it against your leg, and you write. Uh, and, hey, and Mania sits in front of them. Use my back. It's a little better to write on. You are literally too good for this world. But Oka does it anyway. You put the parchment on Mania's back, quill to her shoulders, and you begin to write. What do you write? Dear Halo, I'm dreaming about how the gods died every night, and I'm carrying you to Bathi in my body. Where can I find you? And then just an O with a slash through it at the end. Oh, I guess there's no fucking return address. Yeah, Oka, how are you Oka gonna send it? it? Oka gonna... looks at it, and they're like, fuck! <laughs> Uh, they look at it, they, like, bite their thumb, uh, and draw it along the bottom. How are you sending it? Oh, I'm gonna throw it in the river, Connie. I'm gonna wait until <laughs> we find a mailbox! Uh, you look around! It doesn't really seem like a mailbox have in place. I'm gonna wait until there's a mailbox! <laughs> okay! Does the have a 
post, a, post, a USPS or the a the ASPS the Andake Andake Postal Service the a, APS the apps. Based on what you know of how postage works, there's usually like a box or some sort of like slot you can drop your mail into, Oka. Uh, but this is a completely different culture. It is a completely different country with its own rules and regulations for how they get things done. And just the tent, the shanty town, uh, where refugees, you know, are, you know, funneled to go to. You don't really see a post office anywhere, really. Okay. Then I tuck it. I like tuck, tuck it, it into in the back. Okay. You tuck it away. The, uh, the stimulus is gone. The settlement has settled inside your, inside your soul. All four of you, the vestiges of the dream, are quickly washing away, just like silt down the river. And save for what you wrote down, it's very difficult to remember even what happened just like 10 minutes ago. What do the four of you do? Oka, Manaya turns around. Oka, we need to talk. V, Dewey, and Manaya, like, does the head thing for you to come over. <laughs> Oh, come over. Uh, Dewey, let's go talk somewhere else. We'll have our own... No, no. Country. I need you here. No? This is like a motion over to, like, come join us. Oh. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Misinterpreting signs. Not the first time this has happened. Are the two of you going to, like, sit down in the mud, forming, like, a weird little, like, witch's coven in the swamp? I'm going to take off my chrysalis robe and put, like, the nice side down on the, on the, on the swamp and sit in it. Okay. Hot in the squat. Using Vinash's power for such small things. What? The mountain was a different thing. But those travelers, they... We didn't have to go fight that bird thing that chased us on your own. You don't have to do this on your own. It's unsustainable. We kind of need you to stay around. Oko looks startled. Staying around hasn't really been my strong suits in the past but um the dream means anything it means that I'm stuck with you all so yeah fine yeah I'll stick around promise Oka is going to draw a line just like a circle and try to use their brand of castigation to sear an arcane brand into into the target which would be myself Okay. So, it wouldn't hurt. Okay, y'all, don't look at me like that. Like an arcane sigil of uh, two crossed antlers would kind of like appear and then sink into Oka's chest. Oh, what is the purpose of it? To make a promise. As they do, they say, I promise on my own heart not to leave without saying goodbye. Good. Okay. We'll get you out of the mud. We lift them up <laughs> by the two arms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, you feel the promise, the brand, the brand of your own blood magic sinking into the depths of your soul. And you can sort of feel the threads of the weave tightening around your heart, and then they just sort of stay there. I suggest we find ourselves a boat, a boat person then. A boat swain? A boat well, swain. I look at Manaya. You know something about boating. Did you, did you learn how to paddle? Like, with a paddle? Of course. Of course. Your sailor background's finally coming into handy here. Woo! What do you take me for? <laughs> I can get us there. You just need a boat. We'll, we'll need a boat. We can either go find one and rent one, or wouldn't suggest building, building it ourselves, but I could help with that too. So is the plan to try to find like someone who maybe sells boats or rents boats, like here, in this mm-hmm. refugee camp area? Sure. Yeah, unless y'all have like other plans, other ideas. Okay, so how do the four of you go about trying to find someone? 
Oh, hold on. Unabathi's got this. I'll just wish for a boat. You literally <laughs> would break your promise. Like, that you just Five made a die. Five seconds later. Five <laughs> seconds later, you break your promise and you die. Roll a new character. V's got some capital, some cash to, like, go around and see if anyone's willing to sell or trade rent, for rent, a boat. Trade for a boat. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, are you looking mostly for other refugees or are you looking for like people like from the court who are helping the refugees here set up the camp? I would be more inclined to probably go to any one who's from here because they would probably know where I can find people who who do that business. Sounds good. Are folks going with V or are the four of you sort of like splitting, like divide and conquering here? But I was going with V. Okay. Yeah. Everyone goes with V. Sounds good. So V, uh, do you keep your chrysalis robe on, chrysalis side out, or are you trying to conceal? I mean, I imagine it's pretty black now because I've sat. Yeah, in okay, it's pretty lady. black. Sure, sounds good. So it's dirty, but the, the chrysalis is still visible, but you have to kind of squint to see it. Let's say so it's not so obvious upon first glance. Okay, so V, Manaya, Okandui, the four of you set out to find someone who looks like maybe they're in charge. V, why don't you roll investigation with advantage because your team's helping you. You're gonna find. Eight. So- okay, uh, eight was your high roll. You find someone, a young person, maybe fifteen or sixteen, uh, a teenager, uh, sort of dressed in like the kind of like grim, like <laughs> vestments of the Raven Queen, like long black robes with sort of like silver like tassels hanging, like almost forming like a law, a big necklace, uh, as well as like uh, bones. Uh, also like hanging from their robes and their like hands are sort of steepled like this a little bit Uh, and they have like that bone mask that all of you saw like the sort of bird mask on but it's actually it's it's been like cocked up so they can talk and communicate more easily uh, with someone Uh, and they are talking to like a a family uh, of refugees who seem kind of angry Uh, and they're talking to them and this this teenager is going please I can't help you find a better spot. What you get is what you get. Other people want a spot away from the water as well, but this is the court. There's water everywhere, you know? Uh, and like what, the person, there's like a big mean kind of looking like human man with like red hair all over his face. He goes, well, my kid has a rash from all the water. He has a rash on his butt. What are you going to do about that, huh? Sir, I'm very sorry, but there's nothing I can do at this moment. Medicine is already stretched thin. Don't you have any medicine with you? And it is at this point that V, you've located this person. Everyone else seems even more engaged, let's say, or there just aren't any others that you found. This is like the one person who looks maybe like they kind of want an excuse to leave the conversation. Yeah. Oh, friend, uh... George, how are you doing, friend? Um, who's this the people that you're arguing with? Uh, both of them, the, the angry human man and this, like, teenage... They, the teenager turns and you see that they are actually a, a half-elf uh, with, like, dark brown skin and these, like, exasperated-looking silver eyes. And they go, I'm sorry, who, who are you? <laughs> oh, sorry, my name is... Uh, Venice, and uh, I'm just a local authority figure here. I know things seem a little tense around here. There's a lot of people in a small area. Always the resources are scarce. I hear that you have have a child who's not feeling too well, who's got some, perhaps, injuries. And my child has a rash on his butt. Can you cure that, huh? Uh, 
I could perhaps for uh, two gold. Try to extort us for medicine that we need? I thought All right. I thought you fine, people fine. share no, things no, no, freely no, you're, here. You're right. No, you're right. Absolutely. Where are my manners? When people are not from here, I should not. I, sh- I should not take advantage of them. Uh, my friend Dwight here uh, would be more than welcome to uh, ke- to heal you a little bit. Isn't that right, Dwight? Are you referring I'm, to me? I'm talking to Dewey. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't think this needs like a... You know, if you just keep it dry and clean and let it uh, be exposed to air, it should go away. Really? Easily, yeah. Well, this man does not lie. Trust me, I tried. I don't trust. I don't trust you farther than I can throw you, woman. You probably lady. told me very far. But this Aracocra here, this Dwight. Okay, okay, well, I'll give that a shot. Let's see. Was that so hard? You could have just told me that. Okay. Well, since everything has been uh, squared away, I please enjoy your stay at the court. Uh, and the teenager turns to face the four of you and sort of like steps away from this man who retreats back into his tennises. Thank you for helping me deal with that. Uh, a lot of the refugees here, you know, we do our best to help, but they are never satisfied. Oh, understandable, friend. It's we're all just trying to survive right now, right? It's it's a wild time. Um, it is. These are definitely unprecedented times. Yes, and you know we are looking for some kindness returned by uh, if you could help us procure travel uh, by boat, we'd be most grateful. A boat? Well, yes. Uh, I could point you in the direction of a boatswain. Uh, there isn't any here, actually. And I'm not sure of anyone who would be s- interested in bartering or selling a boat here. Anyone who's not a refugee, actually. Most of us, we help during the day, and at night we return to our homes. Uh, but there is a village nearby. Uh, you'd have to get there on foot, though, to procure a, a boat for your travels. Uh, it is the village of Shadecap. It is perhaps a half half day's trek through the Paluto Wheel from here. Do you have a hippo um, or anything that can help you go over land? Has Squeak I left met- yet? Oka it- will ask the party, <laughs> generally speaking. I think so. I think she's going to leave as soon as she could. So it looks like we're all out of hippos at this point. Well, Do you-, you could make it on foot. It's just a little slower and a little more dangerous. I mean, we have crocodiles, alligators, land sharks... Spiders, giant toads, giant dragonflies, giant mosquitoes, a giant anything, basically. I think at this point, giant animals are the least of our worries. Well, yes, the four of you look quite competent adventurers, I assume? I mean, I... uh, Don't let the word out. Oh, right. Uh, We are not adventurers. Yeah, I got this scarf from falling down a hill. Uh huh. I'm a traveling physician. I don't. I just like to cheat and rob people. <laughs> well, at least one of you is being honest. Look, you don't really have to lie to me. I have no stake in this. Uh, and this person sort of gives you directions uh, to Shade Cap. They say, you'll know you're there when the mushrooms get really big. Oh, see, I've done that before. I get it. <laughs> I don't understand what you're saying, but it, it might. No, no, I totally get it. I no, I. Yeah. All when right the then. Mushrooms get big. Yeah. Was there anything else you needed from me? No, you've been quite helpful. Thank you, and I, I hope everything around here gets gets a little bit easier for you. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. It's just every day we get new refugees and the Duke, you know, he says that we should let all of them in. We should always help people that we're able to help, but I fear that our ability to help is beginning to get stretched thin here, especially because a lot of these refugees, well, a lot of them, of course, are just regular, normal, good folk, but some of them have chaos and malicious intentions, let's say, in their hearts. I mean, given, given the profane undeath, people are here to take advantage of that in the ways that they think they can, when truly it is just, it's truly blasphemous what's been going on. It's terrible. Why would anyone ever take advantage of a situation like that? I know. I don't get it. We should go. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, we should. Yes. You said it's a half day's journey. We're already getting to, you know, late morning. We should probably be on our way. Blessings of the queen be upon you. And also to you. They look at you kind of oddly. Uh, and then maybe, perhaps that wasn't the, the correct rejoinder. Uh, and they turn and <laughs> they leave. Okay. So the four of you have procured directions to a place where you could get a boat, but there doesn't seem to be boats available here. Shall we move on, friends, to this other town? Yes, follow me. I'll make sure the lad we walk on is safe. We do the thing where you walk through snow, but you walk into the footprints that Monai has already made. <laughs> like, but through like mud. But it's so through deep mud. because <laughs> okay. Dewey has to like fly from footstep to footstep a little bit. Uh, so the four of you grab your stuff, you know, uh, you get ready for the journey, and you begin to set off to the direction of Shade Cap. You're, you're just like trekking through like the muck and the mud. There's like sticks and like fallen logs and fallen like trunks all around you. There's ferns with like f- like fingers that like like tug at your clothes, you know. And you know, dragonflies and and beetles and bugs of all sorts are beginning to come out um, as the sunless sky gets brighter and brighter. And birds sort of swoop, you know, down to hunt said bugs and look for berries. You hear woodpeckers in the distance. What do you do? Hey, Manaya. Yes. Do you remember that person we fought in the uh, in the monster ring with? What the hell was their name? Rev, was it? Yeah, yeah, Rev. I wonder what... Well, they're obviously from here. I just... I mean, if we're trying to find the, you know, the Paragons, I feel like that would be a fine place to start, but we definitely fucking lost them. Well, if they're in the ring, they'll be easy to find on our way back. I Maybe we'll make a pit stop. Back to Dabathati. What is I'd hate to go back there, but... The forest... Oh, all these trees and bugs and leaves make me feel too close to my own skin. I wish I could see the sky. Well, I'm just happy there's water here. Water's water. Dewey V, did the two of you say or do anything during your, your travel? It's only going to take a half day. Good job back there, Cardu. You were very believable as a Dwight. I almost believed you that you were doctor. Uh, I, I just have, like, passing, you know, medic knowledge uh you, you could use it to your advantage you could make quite the money for doing that i'm not, I'm not in it for the money i i, I could I be mean, your agent it, i could get you that person's kid was just i don't know it, itchy butt or whatever i just want to <laughs> is that the medical term <laughs> <laughs> you see why i'm not a doctor i'm just like a i'm, I'm, good, sure I'm okay with first aid itchy yeah. butt on that i need the four of you to make a group survival check <laughs> 
<laughs> we all get itchy butt. Yeah, to see, to see what happens. To see what happens on your way there. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. Also a fifteen. 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 Manaya. Six. Six. Wait. Wait. Manaya gets itchy butt. Uh, eight. eight. With my modifier. Eight. Okay. V. Five. Okay, so that's <laughs> half and half. So you need a majority to succeed. So it, it's not it's not a straight failure, but it's it's pretty hard. Okay. Nothing so, about this campaign is straight. Not so uh, Manaya and V, I need the two of you to roll a D100. 21. 54. Okay. V, uh, as you are walking, you get really like kind of like lethargic. Yeah, a little sweaty. You know, like this is, it's half day's trek, but it's through, you know, swampy conditions, you know, and you're like, there's definitely ticks here. You know, there's definitely all sorts of like parasitical bugs and whatnot. Um, and what ends up happening is a large mosquito ends up landing on the side of your neck and you now have like a very large and itchy mosquito bite on the side of your <laughs> neck. Uh, that neck. will not abate for several days. Roll for Me. mosquito bite. Itchy neck. <laughs> it, 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 it like peeks over your collar shirt. <laughs> and it's like oh. bulging against the collar. I have um, to like undo a few buttons. <laughs> Manaya, you lose a boot. Uh, a mud, like a, a, a sucking mud hole. Sucks <laughs> on your boot and you, 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 you're like pulling your leg to like get out of it. And your foot comes out. And the boot is sucked into the mud. And you cannot find it anymore. Manaya is digging. Manaya, yeah. she's going for food. You get down on your elbows. You're digging in, but the it just ends up the the sink the the mud hole like tries sucking you in. You know, it takes the combined efforts of your party to get you out. Manaya, we your boot your boot's gone. It's a shoe. <laughs> get you another so, boot in the yeah. village, friend. Someone else can leave. Uh, uh, the <laughs> silence that falls is deafening and awkward. <laughs> So that's what happens to you on your journey. <laughs> uh, you know that you are getting close to Shade Cap when, just like the youth said, the trees and the mud begin to give way. First of all, to more solid ground, which is perhaps a boon and a blessing and a miracle for the four of you. It's just, it's still watery, uh, but it's sort of like a, a well-watered meadow in terms of the ground instead of just straight up mud and muck. And the trees give way to mushrooms. First, you see clusters of mushrooms, you know, on trees, more and more denser of all colors. Some of them even seem to be fluorescent or phosphor, uh, phosphorescent. Uh, they seem to glow a little in the shade of the canopy of the cypress trees hanging above. You can smell the spores, sort of like maybe a few of you sneeze a couple times. The, th the, th the air has thickened with spores. And as you get closer, you know, you get closer and closer to shade cap. The trees themselves seem to be taken over completely by these huge clusters of mushrooms. And then slowly the trees seem to transform into mushrooms. So they are just huge, gigantic mushrooms. Instead of canopies, it's caps casting shade, shade cap. Uh, and as soon as like you sort of put two and two together, you see maybe like the kind of uh, loose entrance to a town. Uh, with like structures and buildings built into the base of these huge mushrooms and into um, the stem, like little like wooden structures built into the stem. I see like systems of like ropes and pulleys that allow people to go up, 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 like uh, sitting on like a chair to go to pull themselves up to the top of the cap, uh, where there are also houses built onto the tops of the caps. 
Uh, and you see like, it forms sort of like a crescent moon around like a little like a pond that seems to connect with a stream into the black tongue. And here you see like several pens out back with like hippos. You see like boats sort of strapped to like bodies of water. And you see like denizens of the court dressed in very um, plain clothes. They dress very modestly with just those tall galoshes and big rubber, rubber gloves, uh, a lot of them as well. Uh, and like kind of loose fitting clothes. Some of them seem to have like mosquito nets, like hanging from hats that they're wearing. But you don't see any who look like maybe priests that you were like interacting with earlier. Like those special like, like helmets or like helms of, of like bird skulls seem to be like religiously affiliated. What do the four of you do? You know, the last time I saw mushrooms this big, I actually had to eat like five of them. And that took like way more gold than I thought it was going to. That's what you meant. Oh. You're only getting what? You've... Uh, never mind. Yes, let's find a, a boat person. Uh, the four of you walk toward what appears to be maybe like a house uh, built into the base of a mushroom that has a bunch of like canoes stacked onto each other. You assume maybe this is like a boat place. You don't really, you don't see signs anywhere. Uh, you think, but maybe this is a place where you can buy and sell boats. Um, and there's someone out front sitting in a wheelchair, uh, just sort of like smoking, smoking a pipe. An older dwarven uh, woman just sitting there with a big, big beard. Uh, she's just, she's smoking a pipe. And as you approach, uh, she doesn't really, she doesn't look up. Her eyes just go straight ahead. And as you get closer, you see that her eyes are kind of milky white. It appears that maybe she's blind. She sits there, she goes, four of you aren't from here, are you? No friend, we are, we have traveled a great way and we hear that you are perhaps the best seller of boats this side of the Court of Ravens. Bird shit. Probably. <laughs> if you're not gonna be honest with me, our relationship here is done. But do you not want uh, perhaps some gold pieces for the use of some of your boats? Uh, what use does an old lady like me have for gold? You know, to buy some of the finer things, treat yourself to some more frivolous enjoyments of the world. Finer things? I have everything I need right here. My chair, my pipe, some shade. This is true, but haven't you ever wanted to explore the rest of Ndake at some point? You think every old person was just born old? I have an entire life under my belt. Wasn't always here at the court. I was ready to die here, but the goddess won't let me do that. Well, I suppose gold will not help you in that matter. No, it certainly will not. But what may help, actually, is that we have come to investigate everything that's going on, and we do have a reputation of fixing problems wherever we go. Uh, the, the Dwarven woman considers this with a long drag on her pipe, and then she blows out, like, several smoke rings, you know, as she, like, into your face, V. Excellent. Uh, all she says is, three of you have been mighty quiet. Gonna let this one talk her head off all day? That's usually what we do. By the end of night, usually, she's, she's talked herself out so we can all sleep. Ha! You're a funny one, I like you. What's your name? Oka. Oka. That doesn't sound like a name someone gave you. Do all names have to be gifts? A gift to myself, maybe. 
Not all names are gifts, but many names are curses. She puffs on her pipe again. You need something from me. A boat. Fine. Take your pick. And she sort of gestures at like the stack of like canoes next to her house. I have too many to know what to do with anyway. Are these like two-person canoes, one-person canoes? Most of them seem to be like two-person canoes, Uh, but there is one in the back chained up, not with chains, but with like rope, like tied down. Um, That it looks real nice. It's like the nicest canoe and it can definitely fit four pretty like comfortably, Uh, but it, it looks like it's like waxed, you know, beautifully polished. Well, what about this one, friend, here in the back? This one that looks so... That so one is gorgeous. not for sale. What about for borrowing? Borrowing? And how long do you intend to be borrowing that heirloom for? I imagine, um, at least a few days, perhaps. A week, no more. A week, no more. The uh, tall one, she is our boat captain. She know, She would know much better than me. She knows what she's doing. I can smell the sea on her. I have to warn you, boat woman. The black tongue is nothing like the ocean. She will beguile you. She will drag you down. She will mislead you if you do not respect her. She's drowned many a foolish man who wished to conquer her. Say you smell the ocean on me? I do. Strong as salt. Not wrong. But where I'm from, the ocean's not the only thing you learn to sail on. Thank you for your warning. You'll keep it in mind. You can borrow that four cedar for some collateral. That boat means a lot to me and to my daughter and my granddaughter. May their souls rest in the afterlife. I need something of equal value here. I hope you understand. Well, um... I've got these coins here, these, they're called Nectus coins. Oh my the, god, V. V, no, no. Those are worthless, you already know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about a, I could give you 50 gold pieces for deposit. It's very, it's a lot of money for me. Like I said, talking woman, I have no need for gold. I am an old lady who has outlived her daughter and her granddaughter. There's nothing left in this world that gold can buy me. How can I promise you that you'll keep whatever we give you safe? How can you promise me that you'll keep my boat safe? Here. Manaya reaches down to her waist and unties the conga that's tied around her waist. I made this, but my mother taught me how to sew it. Uh, She reaches out. Puts her like pipe down to like a little table next to her. She reaches out, takes the conga. She like weighs it in her hand. She brings it to her like face and she sniffs. She breathes it in. Sewn with the finest silks I could find. Not great, but designs passed down from my mother, passed down through generations by my mother. The proverbs inscribed are said to be the very words of Mahu herself. Mahu, I thought you spoke with kind of an Uhan drawl. This is fine collateral. Don't worry, I'll keep it safe. She folds it up and puts it on her lap. I think for something to be of equal value, I need one more piece of collateral. Dewey reaches into his bag and wordlessly hands her a photograph of his daughter. What is this? 
that's someone who means as much to me as your daughter and granddaughter meant to you, it seems like. She turns it around in her hands, like flashing the photograph to your party as she does. Um, you know, she's she's blind, so she doesn't know like what's on it. Um, and what do your party members see as she's like flashing the photo like around? It's just a picture of a very young girl, smiling, playing with some like metal pieces. <laughs> yeah, is she is she an Aarakocra? I don't believe so. She puts it on her lap as well and says, "You can take Moss Crawler. She's very near and dear to me. Don't scratch her up." Thank you for your generosity. We will bring it back to you exactly how we found it. Good. Paddles are inside the boat. Uh, and with that, you are allowed to take Moss Crawler, this very fine canoe, I might add, um, from this old lady. Uh, and as like the four of you begin to like, I'm assuming like un- unlash the boat and take it, what do the four of you do? Manaya is educating the party on boating terms. So starboard is left and port is right. I know. Starboard is right. Because you steer from the right. Steer board, starboard. So why don't they just call it steer board? Well, they did a long time ago. Words change and it's starboard now. Port and left have the same amount of letters. And you always dock with the left side of the ship to the port. So you don't damage the the steering oar. And which one is the steering oar? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll be holding that one. So it's your problem, not mine. Yes. Good. I'll I'll need you next to me, though. You and I are the most, are the strongest, and we need to be the power and the steering. Doing V, paddle as well, but we'll need you as lookout. So the four of you, are you bringing the boat to like this pond so you can like put it in and then like make your way down this stream, like to the Black Tongue is what I'm assuming? Mm-hmm. Like the pond mm-hmm. that this, that, that shade cap is built around? Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as the four of you, are you like carrying this canoe? Uh, or Just how- Maniah. Just Maniah, just Maniah. It's, it's, really, he- it's really heavy. <laughs> Like big canoes are really freaking heavy, but they're very. I think Oka's yeah. like trailing behind and like trying to reach up, but they can't. Yeah. They can't get it. <laughs> and, and they're like, like, <laughs> like pretending a little, pretending. Yeah, and Dewey, yeah. Dewey and V, the two of you are also also like the force. hustling along. Okay, so kind Manaya, of a maid hand lifting up one. <laughs> yeah, lifting ten pounds worth of this like yeah. five hundred pound boat or something. Okay, uh, so Manaya, you're. I'm not even gonna make you roll for it. You're strong, can do it. Uh, so Manaya, you single-handedly carry this canoe to the edge of the pond uh, where you see like some like little docks, you know, and like little like fisher boats, you know, like sort of docked here. And you see like a hippo like grazing on some grass nearby. And you see like an owner like drop a huge watermelon into the hippo's mouth and bam, it clamps shut and watermelon bits go everywhere, you know? People are like looking at y'all, the four of you kind of curiously because you are outsiders clearly um, and you're not at a refugee camp. So this is rather unusual for them. They're looking at you. Some of them look just curious. Others look really like suspicious and really guarded and are whispering. You know, still others just glance at you and like ignore you, but you're getting a lot of rubberneckers. Uh, as Manaya, you lower the canoe, you flip it right side up and you start sliding it into the water, presumably. I actually, I actually think uh, that as you're walking, maybe Oka, you, you grow tired of like, Doing the yeah. thing, and you, you try you hang back a little with your arms crossed, uh, and then you hear a voice coming from behind you a little. See, stop shaking your head. It's gonna happen. No. It's gonna happen. See. No. It's gonna doing? happen. Let's go. Yeah. I hear a voice go. Prince Hien. Prince Hien, I presume. 
<laughs> Dewey's looking. Do you pause or are you continuing to walk? I have stopped. Do you turn to look to see who's addressing you? Okus. If they don't look at it, maybe it'll go away. So you're not turning around to look at who's speaking um, but to you? After a moment, they will look. Okay, uh, based on your passive perceptions, Manaya, V, and Dewey, I don't think the three of you- but Manaya, you definitely don't because you're busy carrying a boat. No, no. Uh, you don't notice. Dewey and V, I don't think the two of you notice this as well. You're continuing- so, like, at this point, a little gap is formed between your party, yourself, and this person. You don't turn around and this person goes, I'm sorry, maybe I have the wrong person, but they did say that your hair would be cut. Okay, we'll look. You know, like, over their shoulder. Okay. Uh, you see a young woman. Uh, she is maybe in her 20s. Elf. Uh, short, you know, brunette hair. Like, pixie cut, kind of. Uh, and she is dressed kind of in traveler's clothes. Doesn't seem to be from the court, either. Uh, but she has, like, a light backpack on, you know. Uh, and, like, some gems stitched into her shirt. Of, like, eight different colors, actually. She goes, Hi, I'm a, I'm a courier. I have, I have a message for you. Actually, it took me a really, 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 really long time to track you down, um, but I, I am the best at what I do. You, you have the wrong person. I don't get any mail. Of course. But if you want to, here is a message from the Slumbering Palace. As you can see, the seal's been unbroken. I haven't read it. So rest assured the contents are safe. Here. Oka look, looks at the letter, looks at the courier, and then like kind of snatches it okay and if you would just hold still for a second and she taps uh no 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 are you trying to like hide your face yes okay uh make a well i'm not even gonna make you make a reflex check a bright light like a blue light flashes briefly almost like a camera shutter going off she goes i don't think i got your face i'm sorry yeah no 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 i have to run wait Oh, I'm not gonna get paid for this! Uh, Oka will like fish around in their bag and throw five pieces of, of okay. gold over their shoulder. And she goes, five? They're gonna pay me 500! Uh, as you- Oka like, just like keeps throwing gold <laughs> out of their bag as they run. Okay, as you run, she's running after you. Are you running up to the boat being like, go, go, go? <laughs> yeah, Oka's like, we gotta go! We gotta go! We gotta go! Go, go, push it in! Oka jumps in the boat. And starts like paddling with their hand. Hey! What did Prince, you get yourself They're into? trying to kill me! They're trying Prince to kill Prince me! Prince Bakoya here! Should I cast Fireball? Should I cast Fireball? Yes! Cast Fireball! Prince Bakoya here, I need to get proof of, that I delivered the missive! I don't know who they're Prince. talking about. Prince. Are we on the river now? I think, yeah, everyone's in yeah, the boat. Manaya, you, you're pushing it out. The courier is fast. Uh, cause she's, cause she's a courier. She's running, you know. She goes. I just okay, need throws, a picture. Like, throws their gold pouch at her. All of your gold. All of it. Okay. So remove that from your. How much gold is that? A hundred <laughs> gold pieces. A hundred and twenty-five gold. You pieces. throw a hundred and twenty-five gold pieces at her. Uh, she goes. Whoa. And she sees a fat gold pouch, she like, she pauses and that's enough time to like get you far away down the pond that she can't like jump to get onto your boat. She grabs, she goes, ah, well, I guess this will have to do. That's not very good manners, you know, for, for royalty, I thought you'd at least be a little bit more dignified. You've misdelivered mail. Royalty? I don't think I have. Mistel- Have a good day. You, your letter. 
You wanted to send a letter? No, I definitely don't want to send a letter. Okay, <laughs> hide in the bottom of the boat. Uh, okay, I, I, I'm not going to ask. I need you to paddle though. They like kind of like peek up, you know, and with their hand. <laughs> Just like one hand. So as you paddle away from this mushroom village and like de- into like away from the pond and into a little stream that seems to gurgle, uh, you sort of have to paddle against the current here because like it's from the black tongue feeding into the pond. So it takes a little bit of muscle, uh, but you're eventually able to get onto the black tongue. This vast, think like Mississippi River, like this like vast river with like, you know, on either bank, like huge trees. You see other boats like in the distance, like on the other side of the bank going up and down, etc. You know, you think you see the dark shapes of fish like swimming along with you. Like you see a big eel swim, you see like you like alligators, even like their 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 eyes like on like banking uh, on the far shore. And as you go, as the f- Oka, do you read the letter? Uh, they've kind of like tucked it into like their, uh, their sash. It's okay. Like sticking out a little bit. So, you know how, you know, couriers get these days. They just have to deliver the mail. It doesn't matter if they're delivering it wrong or not. So, Manaya, Dewey, and V. Okay, you've already seen and noticed the seal. But if the four of you are feeling a little like, what's going on here? And want to like try to see if you can like see anything from the scroll, roll perception. Oh, I'm going to. <laughs> Manai is being good and not, <laughs> not being oh, good. Listen, this has happened once before. She didn't ask questions. She just beat the shit out of Sever. <laughs> no questions asked. X. I up. believe me beat the shit out of Sever. Let's be <laughs> well, Okay, okay. <laughs> you are dealing with camouflage, boy. So, yeah, yeah, you were. You were dealing with that horrible chameleon man. So what did y'all get for uh, your perception six, check? Sixteen. Sixteen. Kind of six. Six. So do we? You don't really see anything. Uh, Oko was able to like stuff the scroll in, to, like in a way that concealed the seal, you know, like against their sash. But V, you catch a glimpse of a uh, gold seal. First of all, it looks like it's made out of like gold dust, maybe. Um, and the seal itself is familiar to you because you saw it this morning when Oka swore a promise and two antlers, two crossed antlers sunk into their chest. And the seal looks like two crossed antlers surrounded by a dragon. If you would like to try to place it, roll history. Yeah, let's try to roll history. Not one of my strong suits. The dice agrees with me, uh, nine. Nine. Okay, even with a nine, the only, like, place of power that you're aware of that uses a dragon that resembles that uh, on their insignia is the kingdom of Too Long, which in their tongue means the autumn dragon. Uh, And based on, like, that spiral, the horns on the dragon, it looks very Too Long in in origin. You're not sure what the two antlers mean, though. I would like to cast message to Oka. Okay, what do you say? I understand what it is to run away from something, and you don't have to tell me anything, but you can trust me if you need to say something. I think they like look over their shoulder at V, uh, and they'll think back very firmly, misdelivered mail. Just a mistake. And V is gonna say out loud, whatever, and turn away. 
Dewey is frantically looking back at the shore and oh, at Oka. <laughs> like, who's trying? You have someone after you too? Who's, is that courier trying to kill you? It's because, it's because I haven't paid my mailing dues. So now they're trying to kill me. All of the couriers. We should probably actually not send any more mail at all. Roll deception. <laughs> and yes, I know you have like a minus three to charisma. <laughs> 12. A 12, okay. Yeah, Oka's looking real shifty. Uh, their words are coming out haltingly. They look really nervous and they seem quite intent on like keeping the scroll out of sight. More mail? No more mail. We've sent something before? Well, we were going to this morning, but I think we should actually probably just not at all. You know, I never realized the Indake mail system was so cutthroat. You'd be really... You know, V, I'm actually surprised that you don't... Maybe maybe they thought that I was you. That's probably what happened, actually. But V would be a queen? A princess? It's interesting. It's, it was a very familiar name to me, though. That, that's what's getting at me. Familiar? How? My travels, I hear about certain individuals, and you know, there was a, this particular member of royalty that I've, I have some vague recollection of sort of disappeared or was presumed. I don't know. Uh, it's a faint fog, Oka. It's a faint fog. I'm having difficulty remembering it right now. Did you kill someone? Oka jumps off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, as Oka's body splashes into the boat, all of you look over. I think that's where we end the session. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Transplaner. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. Music is by Connie Chong, CIS, and Fezlian Studios, used with permission. Audio mixing is done by Mike Graham. Give Mike a follow on Twitter at OMikeGram. That's O-H, Mike, M-I-K-E, Graham, G-R-A-H-A-M. Soundscape design this episode is by Vincent McElroy of Heroes in Progress. New podcast episodes drop every other Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at Transplaner RPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at Transplaner RPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon Paragons. Abigail Rytel, Azura, Brooke Bright, Cassidy Barnes, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Lex Slater, Marvelous, Mitzi, Moonflower Tea, Purple Mouse, Risa, and Rue.